Hello, you crazy motherfuckers. My name is David Michael. And I'm Michael Carter. And we are ridiculously bored. You didn't realize we were recording. <laughs> David, how's it going? Michael. Oh, it's good. It's good. I see you've uh, actually uh, added some stuff now to your background at your uh, your new place. Yeah, we've uh, we spent the week decorating, so we probably, Jesus, probably spent way too much money just making it feel like homey, because this is like the first like long stint we've been here. Are you throwing in weed to make you feel better when you know your wife probably picked everything that's in the house? Um, I I had somewhat of a say. Yeah. I picked out I picked out the photo behind me. This is the say that I have when we're doing decorating, other than the basement, which is the finished basement That's is your mine. Man cave. Yeah. Um, I fucking hate that. Then she won't get it. But if I'm just like, eh, then she'll get you it. Yeah, veto rights. Yeah. That's what. If it's like, if I'm like, I just really do not like that. Then we'll get into it. Yeah. So, David, a lot of things. Football started. School started uh, in the the East Coast. Oh yeah, I was gonna say school started for us like a month ago. <laughs> yeah, I know it's different out here. Big things happen with the kids, sending them off to school? So uh, one day my daughter did miss the bus because um, she's now oh. taking it on her own. Um, oh. The first few days we stood outside with her, and then afterwards we uh, I watched from a window for a day or two, and one of those days, thankfully, was uh, she missed the bus. <laughs> was she super like upset that she missed the bus? Yeah. but see, She seems like the kind of person that would be like, no, yeah. I'm not perfect. <laughs> my son would be like, so I'm out for today, right? <laughs> like That's the way it works. <laughs> Um, no, so the bus driver, so here's the problem. Our house number is not the official stop for her. It's the house next to us, and that's because they were here first, so they get priority. And it's basically because at her age, it's like every three houses they're willing to stop. So on a rainy day, which it was the other day, and you know, even at her age at nine, it's not cool to bring an umbrella to school, so she refused to bring an umbrella. So she had to wait at on the porch for the last minute and as soon as the bus pulls up she was going to run out problem is a couple things there one bus doesn't stop in front of our house so he's not even looking at our house he's going to the right. next house that's one two she waited too long she should have went out um when he was at the last stop rather than driving down the street and then three the fucking guy didn't even do like a full stop was like kind of getting ready up nobody's out and just kept going like didn't even give somebody a chance to come out of the fucking house if they were in the house well, that's how you teach them. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> they miss it once, they won't miss it again. That's right. This is the rules. <laughs> so I ran. I knew it was a potential. So I called her inside. I said, go to the garage. I'm going to drive you. I grabbed the stop listing from the fridge, and I drove to cut him off at one of the stops. And like I literally got in the middle of the street, put my hand out the window, made him stop in the middle of the street. Right? The bus got to throw up the stop sign, so it's not like it's unsafe, right? So... He threw up the stops and I got out. I went to put her on and I'm like, you got to wait more than 10 seconds um, as you're driving up the street. I'm like, you didn't even fully stop. So he was just like, oh, and I just walked away. I was going to say, what did he say? <laughs> so the other thing is like with school starting, it's like, I, I feel like I'm going back to school, right? We got to go to fucking open house. We had to go to yeah. like a preschool conference. Like your kids are old enough now that it's like, look, not only you can drive yourself to it, you go listen. You don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. You know, you're you're paying for this. You know, it's just like my, I remember my college teachers being like, "Look, you're paying for this. You don't want to be here. Don't come." Right. So it's different. Yeah. So we had to we had to go to fucking open house. We had to sit in an auditorium for like a lecture on basically kids using electronics. And I'm oh, like, Jesus. "Fuck you! <laughs> you're 
you know my dad. Um, we get <laughs> anything interesting come out of that? What, no. what like what's so? What's the latest? They're not allowed to have them. They allowed to have them. So my son's school, they actually take them from you and put them in. Like you know, people have on the back of their door like shoe holders, basically. Yeah, they have that with your name on it. And so when you go That's into the smart. class or a number, and when you go into the class, you have to put it in there and you get it when you walk out. Uh, for my daughter's age, there doesn't seem to be enough of an issue yet, right? She's only nine, um, so they haven't implemented that yet. But you know, a couple of the other things, like we get three newsletters a week from the fucking schools. We get one from her school, one from his school, and one from the district. And the way they do these, and look, I don't, I don't want to tell them how to do their job, but. They include anything and everything and continue to include the stuff. So if there's like a carnival in November, that's a fucking page for like four months. So it's such a large document that I, I just don't pay any attention to it. It's just too long to read the whole yeah, thing each week. So it's, that's the problem is they feed you too much information so people don't even read it. Yeah. And then they gave me a fucking nine-page handbook that I'm supposed to read. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like I got enough of my, my stuff to do that I'm not reading a nine-page handbook. Right. Yeah, I do remember when the kids were younger, it being uh, it being a chore to be a parent. And then because, you know, they want you to take an active role and it's fine. I don't have a problem with that. You know, I definitely want to be an act, you know, an active participant in my child's education, particularly now with some of the crazy shit that they're choosing to, to teach our children. But, um, you know, there, there, there gets a point where you're like, it's like a part time job. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, like they asked, they also sent around to join the PTO. Look, for all you parents out there who are part of the PTO, I, I thank you for the work you do. It's probably tireless. It's probably a big effort, all that good stuff, but no fucking shot of me doing that. So I was just like, decline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's been on the top of your list this week? Not much. So, I mean, it's been a crazy week news-wise. Mm -hmm. Like we had, you know, today is, is, as we record this, is September 11th, the 21st anniversary. Um, the Queen passed a couple days ago so all the all the literature that used to say god save the queen has now been changed to god save the king king charles the third and i also believe they're gonna they have to change the money as well uh i don't know because i mean they might on keep all, it as a memoir she's on all, she's on most of the money i believe at least on the coins yeah but she was she was the regent for like 70 years mm -hmm. so i don't i don't know that you just go out it's not like we're going to change george washington on the one dollar bill anytime soon well, yeah, but you're you're thinking as a um, non-monarchy, right? This yeah. is a monarchy, you know. So you want to be able to, you know, like how super rich people want to be able to throw down the Amex black, right? If yeah. you're king, you want to be like, here's twenty of me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we'll uh, do they even like the the whole monarchy thing in England? I was talking to my wife today about this. Did they even is is there like any power there? I feel like it's almost just ceremonial. Supposedly, a lot of it is ceremonial. Um, they do make a shitload of money, though. I was just reading an article that said they still make $24 million a year just on, like, tours that come through. Um, and they said the the monarch estate is worth the queen. So this is weird. The queen's is worth $750 million, which got passed to the king now. And his goes to the prince. And his was worth a billion, so I don't understand that. I, I don't know where the math is there because he had a. He's the. He was the Prince of Wales, right? I right. believe. Um, so yeah, I look. I don't know if they have any actual power, um, but they definitely. They definitely control something, whether it's, hmm. 
the the uh, marionette pulling the strings or stuff like that. Because I mean, they have a prime minister, right? Right, kind of like the deep state here in the uh, <laughs> in the U.S. <laughs> um, see, right back to QAnon. This is fucking amazing how we get, even with Dead Queen we get there. Um, but like Australia, like like there's random things like when they want to do a vote for the prime minister, they petition the queen to approve it. Right, and it's one of those. I think it's ceremonial, right? Like you said, it, I don't think she holds any real power, but they still have to petition her to be able to do a an election. So, all right. Well, if any of our listeners are living in or have lived in the UK and understand that shit, please, please explain it to us. Send an email to ridiculouslybored at gmail dot com. Yeah, Stoner, send me the facts, Stoner. What's going on here? Um, we'll go from there. <laughs> all right. So this week I had um, a partner conference in orlando right and as i mentioned on the last i think it was the last podcast we the my company had a shooting in one of our offices yeah so the thing that was a little interesting in the training they had armed security at the door and they tried to make them look like us right like they were in, in business casual like we were and they had the same name tags as we were but a couple things stood out one they were fucking massive, right? And it's like, there's not many accountants that look like that. That's one. And then two, they had no office location on their badges, right? Every other person at the place has an office location. But <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting that we actually had security. But my, my thing was getting there was a fucking disaster. So you've traveled a bunch this year, right? Yeah. It, it, fucking flying has gotten worse, not better yeah. in the last five, 10 years. It's pretty bad. And and the better part is you pay more for less as well, right? Oh, oh you want a blanket? Sure. That's another six dollars. You want to use the bathroom? That'll be five dollars. Yeah, <laughs> that I'd pay. Um, Tuesday was my flight. It was pouring out, so already everybody, all of the other partners, like we're gonna get fucked. Our flights are gonna get canceled because of the rain. The rain is so bad. So I'm like, well, I'm leaving from Westchester Airport, and that airport, it's like literally like pulling out of a supermarket. I'm like, they don't cancel many flights um, for weather. They, um, it's easier to get in and out of, I, I, I always joke that it's literally like pulling out of a supermarket parking spot and then you take off. Well, if you leave from JFK, they're like, oh, luckily we're number 32 in line and we're going to be taxiing on the runway for about an hour. Yeah. So the gets around to the time of the flight and there's four flights boarding around the same time. Flight one, two, and three are all boarding. Mine is it. So that's one, a bad sign. Um, and then as it's getting closer, you start hearing whispers, nothing over the PA, but you start hearing whispers about, oh, we just saw some like mechanics go on the plane. Like, that's interesting. Like we're supposed to be leaving soon, et cetera, et cetera. Time I'm supposed to leave comes and goes about 10 minutes later. They're like, oh, flight's been canceled. They're like, we have technical issues, not even weather. It's technical issues. Flight's been canceled. So they're like, luckily we were able to book everybody on Half of you in the seven o'clock flight tonight, half of you out of JFK or, or LaGuardia. So in like, you know, two and a half hours or so. So I'm like, ah, fuck. I'm like, so everybody's online to get their flights fixed and things like that. So I call my company's help desk, right? We have a travel agent. So I call them up and the guy is out of India. And I know that because that's where a lot of our help desk and stuff is out of. So the guy's out of India. And he's like, what do you want to do? He's like, you're booked on another flight. And I'm like, here's the problem. I said, I'm not, I might not make it to that airport. And he's like, sir, you are only 36 miles from that airport and you have two and a half hours. So I said, 
have you ever driven in New York? <laughs> like, have you ever gone to the airport in New York? I said, and it's pouring rain. I said, that's not enough time. I said, I'm not dealing with the stress of it. So he's like, okay, well, here's what we need to do then. He's like, I need to get approval. So, um, Aren't you a partner? Yeah, well, <laughs> Just they, say approved. <laughs> they still need to go to, because it's a training. It's We don't actually book it. The training people do. So he's like, I got to get approval for this. So I'm like, all right, go ahead. I'm like, you know, can, can you call me back within a half an hour? Because then I got to decide on my next steps. Guy calls me back half an hour later and is like, look, we're still waiting on the approval. Um, but you should make your way to that airport to catch that flight. And I'm like, no, no, here's what we're going to do instead. I'm just booking a different flight. <laughs> I said, and then I'm going <laughs> to run it through. I said, and you can figure out the stuff in the background. <laughs> so this is where the partner in me came out, <laughs> right? So he's like, well, sir, um, I need, I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, I understand. I understand you need the approval. So you do whatever you need to. I was like, I'm going to book another flight. I'm going to make it two hours later. So I have plenty of time. And that's what I ended up doing. And then, uh, you know, everything worked out. They cra- I mean, we do a lot of fucking business with them, so they're not going to turn us away. Right. So they ended up approving it and stuff, but then they just canceled that flight. But I got on the flight I wanted. Yeah, that's funny. You mentioned the uh, the shooting. Yep. Right, um, that we talked about last week. This one, so this one hit me today and totally floored me. So as you know, I do some some part-time videography work, mm-hmm. right? When on nights and weekends, you know, I've got a buddy that has a business and sometimes they need some video work. So I'll take my cameras and we'll do some stuff. One of them was to film a music video for a funk band. Okay. Re- really good band. Not very well known, but they're doing a video for, uh, they did a cover song of a, a, a group that right now uh, is is they're having a documentary made about this band, and they wanted to use the song and the video in the documentary, and they're going to try and sell the documentary to Netflix. Okay. So of course, in my mind, I'm like, oh, cool, that'd be awesome to say, hey, I have video that I did, and it's on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so I do it, lower my price because it's a buddy of mine, and because it's potential to actually get some some exposure. I go there. I direct and film this entire video inside of a day at their recording studio. And the video turns out great. I met the whole band and all the guys of the band, their girlfriends and slash wives were there, met all of them, had a great time. Some of them have both of those at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) Met the son of the guy who was in the band that they're doing the documentary of. He's the one that's kind of producing the documentary. Okay. So, and he and I hit it off. Super cool guy from LA. And anyways, finished the video, didn't really hear anything about it. Sent them the video, everything looks good, we love it, thank you, you know, we'll let you know when the, the documentary gets released. Today, I find out that one of the guys, the percussionist in the band that I filmed this past Friday, so two days ago, got into an argument with his wife, pulled out a gun, shot her and killed her, and then shot himself and wow. killed himself. And I, I was just so sobering to be like, wow, I'd like spent an entire day with that dude and he's dead now. Jesus. That, is yeah. that the guy you said you hit it off with or this was one of the other members? No, this uh, was the, the son of the guy who was in the, the, the legendary band that they're doing the documentary on. Wow, that's crazy. Mm. Um, so yeah, when you mentioned shooting, I went, oh man, this was a, what a fucking weird feeling to be, you know, spend a whole day with somebody and then, you know, a month later find out they're no longer living yeah. And he was the nicest guy in the room. No, not that nice. He fucking shot his wife. <laughs> <laughs> well. So quick question. Do you have any superstitions when you fly? 
Superstitions? No. Um, I think it's well known. We talked about it a long time ago on the podcast that I was in a, a pretty nasty what I would what what me and everybody else on the plane would consider to be an almost crash. And and to the point to the point where we all thought we were gonna die. Um, so ever since that, you never really fly the same again. There's always the like little bit of, oh, yeah, this could be the last time I walk on the, uh, on the planet. So if there's any like shaking on the plane are you like, oh fuck, this is it. This is the one. No, but the first year, um, there was for the first year, I, I would always been like, look, I'm not going to not fly. Right. I'm not going to. I'm not gonna let it change my life, but the first year, like every time we had turbulence, it was like, oh fuck. Yeah. And then uh, you just—I mean, after a while, it's just you just get used to it. Having said that, I don't like flying. I try to avoid it if I can. Like I'll drive to Vegas all the time if I can, but uh, if I have to fly somewhere, if it's too far to drive, then I, I will fly. Yeah, just like um, hot chocolate is actually scared to fly, and he doesn't know like when it started he was like i flew for 30 years and then one morning i woke up and was like oh fuck i'm scared to fly um oh. and i know it's a disease i don't know if it's called aerophobia or whatever it is but it is fun to watch him twitch on the plane <laughs> <laughs> i've never flown with yeah him. and and he also has to usually get either liquored up or uh valium i think is the one right to just yeah. to be able to do it so it's it's rather interesting but i've heard a lot of people say they have a superstition of touching the airplane on the way in meaning like when you're walking in the door you can see kind of the side of the plane the outside, like the outside. Yeah. they touch it with one hand when they i've heard two different people say this they touch it with one hand when they walk in and they touch it with the other hand when they walk out almost like a pro wrestler like tagging in and out of a fight um i don't have any flying superstitions the only one i, I am have not is, a superstitious person yeah. at all i think most superstitions are kind of silly but yeah, I have a black yeah, cat whatever. too. So the only superstition <laughs> I have is, as the old saying goes, takeoffs are optional, landings are mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing too, on the way to the airport, like, you know, nowadays it's you use Uber or Lyft or something for everything, right? It's just so easy instead of trying to get a cab. Though New York City now has their version of an app like Uber because they realized they were just getting fucking eaten alive by Uber. But the one thing that is different when you use an Uber driver versus when you use a cab driver is... Uber drivers are a little bit more rapey. No, and druggy. No, <laughs> maybe. Um, and they come to you to rape, which is nice. Um, <laughs> is the fact that they're not really in the industry of the service industry, right? So like, if you get a black cab or gypsy cab or whatever they're called nowadays, which doesn't offend people, but whatever they are, they um they'll get out they take your luggage they put it in shit like that like the uber guy didn't even get out of the fucking car so i'm like this, this is definitely a way not to get a tip which you've yeah. just done and i'm yeah. like and odds are there's a potential that it's a corporate flight right and so you would have gotten a 10 percent, 20 percent tip easy but now i give him nothing fucking guy oh shit yeah <laughs> so i was reading the news today this has nothing to do with uh, with taxis and, and whatnot, but uh, Eminem, the rap artist, yep, is currently number one on the Billboard Hot Christian Songs chart. For what song? Uh, apparently, he did a remix with DJ Khaled called Use This Gospel. Oh, my God. And it features Kanye West. And it is right now number one on the Hot Christian Songs chart on Billboard. Are they able to get to a hundred songs? 
I don't know. I can't answer that question, but I just, I, I was just scrolling through my news feed before the show and I'm like, oh my, that's really interesting. Also, uh, kind of ironic that, uh, that Eminem would end up on that, that list of all. Yeah, that's. So that's, I, I now have to hear the song and hear how many f bombs they drop in this song. <laughs> Kanye's fucking crazy too, but the world's upside yeah. down when he's on the uh, Christian Hot 100. I'm sure that list sure. probably has trouble getting filled. So around Christmas time, they probably let the Hanukkah song by Adam Sandler. They're like, it's, yeah, uh, we're just gonna open it up to religion here. How about that? We need a couple more songs on here. <laughs> so, um, um, have you been? Uh, been watching any documentaries on netflix lately no i know you're not as much of a documentarian as i am but i'm just curious no and i need to know before i go into it if it has a fucking ending to it or not <laughs> you're still mad about the whole db cooper y- thing yes god damn it <laughs> i think what i've do- ruined you what documentary did you watch it's it, it's it's been out there for a while it's called wild wild country okay and i'm big on like religious and cult documentaries is this where and- you saw eminem's song no, it isn't. But you know, got get talking about the whole kind of religious thing. There was this cult, and I'm only a couple of episodes in, but it's act, it's absolutely amazing. There was this cult out of India, and uh, they ended up moving their commune of like a couple. I think it ended up being a couple hundred people from India to this small town in Oregon, and I can't remember the name of the town. Uh, Antelope. It was called Antelope. Antelope, Oregon. And the town had a population of 40 and they, they bought this huge plot of land and starting building on it and didn't really tell the townspeople like what was up, like what was actually happening. And then all of a sudden all these people start showing up and they're all dressed the same in the same colored clothes. This happened in like the seventies and eighties. So this is a while ago, but the interesting thing was because the population of the town was so small they soon had doubled and tripled the population of the town. Yeah, they basically probably came in and controlled it. Anything that needed to be done, they could vote on. Exactly what they did. And completely legal and completely basically just used the town's kind of articles of incorporation against them. And part of me is like, all right, it's a cult, like that's fucked up. But the other part of me is, well, I mean, they were playing by the rules. They didn't do anything illegal. Dude, that's how you beat the system, right? If you can figure out ways or ways the rules can help you. So this this Indian antelope cult now, commune, are they now like eating meat and shit in there too I, now? They're breaking I'm all the two rules. episodes in. I know it doesn't end well for the cult. Usually doesn't. So, yeah, right? So I don't know what happens yet. Maybe I'll keep you posted in the next next time we record. But um, the, it, it's it's starting to come up like some of the shit that they were into and there's a lot of like crazy like sex shit and all sorts of weird stuff uh it was is it was a lot like that um the documentary i think it was called keep sweet pray and obey and it was about the uh warren jeff's uh like fundamental uh uh mormon cult that got taken down uh, a few years back and it was on the arizona utah border a lot of shit like that. See, the problem with some of these cults, and again, look, I'm, I've never really looked into them, but any ones that have made the news, the one in Waco 30 years ago, Heaven's Gate, which was 25 years ago, 
the 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 basic concept of a lot of these cults is one we can fuck whatever we want i like that part but then it's also <laughs> a lot of it is at the end we're all going to die at the same time to go to the next level like that kind right, of thing so right. it's like well hold on wait you had me at sex but uh you, you kind of <laughs> lost me at that we all got to die at the same time thing. <laughs> so that's a lot of the the cults things so i wonder if this will end that way as well yeah I, i'm just so fascinated with people's ability to just give up all sense of reality and give themselves over to a single person and do whatever it is that they want and it absolutely just blows my mind that people can be controlled like that you know what the the one part of it though that i can actually appreciate is the decision process has been removed right this is the way we do things right yeah this you got to be here at this time we're going to do these things we're going to go through this process so you know on days where you're making a million decisions and work and this client and that client especially someone like that like me what i do like i i can actually appreciate that side of a little bit again though they lose me at the we all got to die on the same day thing. <laughs> that's where that's where kind of where i draw the line <laughs> yeah I, I, if if you there's a there's like a pattern to to the members though they all seem to be recruited at like the low low point in their life like either they're like they just had a divorce or somebody just died or like it's like they they find them at the lowest point in their life and they're just looking for answers and that's when they snap them up and reel them in and it's like clockwork they're just pulling in people like dozens at a time it's crazy so here's the thing and i don't I know I'm not trying to loop the military, the U.S. military, into a cult type thing, but they do kind of the same thing, right? <laughs> the, the cult's looking for certain people showing certain characteristics. The military sure. kind of does the same thing, right? They tend to look for, you know, kids who are having trouble in school and realize education is not for them, and so they kind of do the same thing. And if you're not careful, you will also all die at the same time in those things as well, right? So. <laughs> I, I do believe you have the uh, the the opportunity to exit the military usually within a few years. I don't I don't think the cults are the same. Yeah, maybe. Um, Once you're in, you're in. Another thing about this school year with my kids. Now that I just joked about the military, they the school is getting some military grant. Interesting. Part of that grant is the school has to, when requested, give them all the demographic information of the students. Oh, unless Jesus unless you this is a private school too right uh, no no public school unless you it's opt out yeah unless you opt out so like i got the form and it's actually been sitting in my inbox for like a week and a half and i kind of was today i was actually this morning i thought i was going to record and i was in front of my computer and then uh timing was off so i was going through some emails while i was just sitting here and I read it, and like I only had till October first to fucking opt out of that. I'm like, opt out. I'm like, I don't want to give my kids shit to that stuff. <laughs> That's some shady shit, yeah. man. That's some some weird recruiting tactics, especially yeah. that young. I know. You and I would have been on that list in a heartbeat. Oh, no, yeah. doesn't pay attention in school. Don't show up to school. Bad grades. <laughs> we got to talk to these fuckers. Well, I also it it talked about some of the um, requirements. Uh -huh. So it doesn't have a high school diploma. You're actually not eligible. So I was like, whoo, I'm out. And then it was yeah. like, but can't have a GED. I was like, damn, I'm back in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was uh, interesting. That's funny. So do you remember when the last time we were in Vegas, you, me, and um, the child molester, what's his, what's his no. name again? What do we call him? Oh, no. Sugar I Daddy. I can't remember. Sugar Daddy. Um, we went to 
this place called, I think it was called Area 15. It wasn't Area yes. 51. It was like Area 15, right? Yes. And we didn't know what we were going to, but we were like, hey, it's like an adult playground type thing. So we went there and there was a bunch of stuff to do, but all of it you had to like pay extra money for in addition to the money you paid to get in. Well, and the problem was all of it was like sold out for today. You had to book it in yeah. advance. That was the bigger problem. Do you remember what that, that art installation was called? Meow? Meow Wolf. Was Meow it was Wolf. Called. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So we peeked in and at the time I'm like, oh, this actually looks interesting. Like, you know, next time maybe we should prepare and, and do it. Well, they have one of those in Denver. Okay. So the wife and I went yesterday and apparently it's different everywhere you go. So it's kind of like Blue Man Group, right? It's like this traveling kind of thing and the main characters are the same, but the show changes okay. every time depending on where it is, right? So we went and did it and it was pretty fucking cool. It was like a, you, it was like walking into a video game, right? Because they don't tell you anything and you, you start the, you know, tour, whatever you want to call it. And they kind of, they're talking and they're like, all right, you're about to get off the intergalactic, you know, uh, travel ways. And we're going to dump you off in, you know, this concourse area. Sign up for like, the cult right here. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Right. So you get off the elevator and all of a sudden you're in this like other world that it looks like it's something out of like a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy type video game. Right. And then there's people, there's, there's hundreds of people walking around this thing. Most of them like you, you know, just participants. And then there's people that are, they kind of work there, but they don't really look like they work there, but they could work there, but maybe they don't. And as you're like fumbling through things to try and figure things out, they kind of drop clues to like help you kind of like a, like an escape the room type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my wife and I were playing with this console and some guy taps me on the back and he says, you drop something. And I'm like, no, I didn't. He's like, yeah, you did. Look down. And I look down and there's like these two cards that we're supposed to use to access the console. And I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. So it was cool. And I was, I was like, oh, Mike would love this. It's like literally like being in a video game. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So the, the reason why when we went to that area 15, how I even found out about it is one of my friends, her firm does the marketing for them. Interesting. And she had sent me like an advanced clip and she was like, hey, check this out. This is some new place that's opening. You know, we're doing some, I guess, marketing for them or something like that. Or they're our clients, something like that. And in the, the in the 32nd clip she, she she sent me, it starts talking and it's like, oh, this and that and this crazy thing here and this thing here. And the guy's like, we have tons of art. This art here is from Max Steiner. I fucking love this guy. He's like, we have a bunch of his pieces. That's a friend of mine. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, huh, what? I was like, holy shit. Um, and I think I've mentioned before, potentially on the podcast, uh, my friend Max Steiner, he has a company where he's, he's made a bunch of really cool shit. And in the days, the old days, he was like, he'd be sitting next to you and like you'd be eating lunch and you'd finish lunch and you'd look over and he'd make like a fucking Eiffel Tower out of matches. Like it was like, that's literally, he was fucking crazy talented and shit like that. <laughs> um, and he came up with this mask that's a little bit like, it looks like almost like, cat ears if you would eyes and ears mm -hmm. and it just fucking took off and he has been like on a million art shows they use him on runways he actually made a special version for something with fucking king charles now when he was oh. a prince so that's how i found out about it just because that's what piqued my interest i was like holy shit i know this guy um so and then when you're watching the video it's just like seems crazy so area 15 yeah. anybody should um 
if anybody happens to be like David and go to Vegas 17 times in a year, you can go to it. Um, but it's it's a little bit on the outside. It's about a fifteen dollar uh, Uber ride from the uh, the ho- main hotel areas, but it's pretty interesting. So I like that. Yeah. So I, I'm, next I'm time we go to Vegas, to I want to check that one out because it's yeah. supposed to be different than the one in Denver. It sounds cool. Yeah. So I got a question for you, Dave. You know, we used to keep a list of like um, random thoughts almost, right? And so I yep. happened to be going over it again this morning when uh, you blew me off. Um, <laughs> so the question is. Why is it okay to eat chickens but not cats? <laughs> Why is it okay to eat chickens but not? Yeah. Uh, I mean, technically, I've had chickens as pets, so I can no longer use the argument that pets, cats are pets and chickens are not. Uh, I don't know. They taste better. So my my initial. I've had th- Vietnamese food before, and I prefer chicken over over cat. I'm going to get into some of those in a second. So my thing <laughs> is, first of all, by rule, don't be tasty or don't be cheap. Right. Those two things, like. Poor lobsters, poor crabs, like they get eaten because they're tasty, right? Chickens get eaten because they can be tasty, but they're also very cheap. But, you know, it's one of those things like if you step back and you think for a minute. So in India, right, they don't eat cows, right? That's sacred to them, so they don't eat it. Um, I don't know how true this is or not, and my wife will probably yell at me if she actually listened to the podcast. But, you know, they always talk about Asian people eating dogs in or cats in some of their food. Um, in the Philippines, there's this thing called the balut, B-A-L-U-T. Everybody should Google what this is. It's basically... I've seen that on Fear Factor. So, yeah, I, I've seen it on some shows as well, but it's... they Say if it takes a month for a chicken to go from bir- egg to birth, what they do with this balut thing is that about three weeks in, they take that egg, and instead of letting it mature and, bor- and be born, they fucking cook it. Yeah. And so when you eat it, it's like a little chicken. It's almost like a soft shell crab, if you would. You eat the whole thing. It still has fucking feathers on. Oh and, my god! And the beak disgusting. isn't like hard. Yeah. It's like still soft. Yeah. Well, um, have you ever tried snake? You know what? When I was a kid, my dad made me try snake. It was rattlesnake, and I didn't like it. It was super oily, and the texture was just. Ugh, I didn't. I didn't like it. Uh-huh. You know me. I'll try anything once. I tried mm-hmm. that once. I'm like, yeah, I'll never eat that again. Because in China, there's a thing called snake soup. But I was at a game dinner where I had rattlesnake sausage. So, mm. you know, same with me. I, like, I'm going to, if it comes up, I'm going to try it. Like, I know you eat tripe. Was it any good? Like, sausage, like, it's really hard to screw up. It was very well done. But all of these people were experienced hunters and, like, experienced cooks. So they've always, yeah. every year, they, like, they kill whatever they serve at this thing. Nice. Um, so, like, I had, like, popcorn pheasant right? Like instead of popcorn sh- shrimp or popcorn chicken, it was popcorn yeah, pheasant, yeah, yeah. so a lot of things like that. You know, Italians eat tripe, which which is pretty disgusting to most people. Yeah, and rabbit. But I also had horse and whale when I was in I- uh, Iceland. Interesting. Yeah. We had, um, it was smoked. Both of them were smoked. Does the horse taste like glue? It tastes like horse. Like, I don't even know a way to describe it. You're like chewing it. And you're like, it's fucking, this tastes like a horse. Like, <laughs> I, all the time I thought what a horse would taste like. This is, this is it. what it would taste like. And the whale was just, it was, it was like chewing. You know, how like sometimes you get a piece of meat and you get that super fatty pizza. You didn't realize yeah. and you eat it. You're like, oh shit. And you take it out. That's what the fucking whale like just tastes like. You're eating the blubber. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. So, see, horses are like 98% muscle. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that would be one easy to eat and two taste good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Ugh. you're right on both counts. Yeah. Interesting. So, All right. Well, yeah. well, now I know. 
was just curious. Curious what you thought on that. All right, Dave, with that, I'm Michael Carter. And I'm David Michael. And we are Ridiculously Bored. God save the king.